everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. And today we have Ruben Gensler here with us today. Ruben is the founder and product strategist of Prototype Berlin, which is a digital studio for app development and design here in Berlin. Welcome, Ruben. Uh, welcome and thanks for having me. Yeah, hi. Ruben and I met at my former job in a digital agency where he worked as a UX designer. And as with most of those people, we are still in contact and support each other with projects or inspiring thoughts. And uh, there's one thing that really, truly stands out is that some of our former colleagues are now working for and with Ruben because Ruben has his uh, own agency now. And uh, all those people that have started to work with or for Ruben have suddenly become really, really happy in their job. And yeah, this is basically our topic for today. We want to learn from Ruben about his secret ingredient uh, to make his employees truly satisfied and how he got there and what his journey was from um, being a UX designer um, to a founder and owner of his own studio. So are you ready? Yes, I am. So Ruben, before we start to talk about uh, Prototype Berlin and your journey, how you got there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself Who are you? So what are your passions? What are your dreams? I'm Ruben, as you have already said, and I come from a really small town in the Rheingau that's close to Frankfurt, a nice wine region. And um, yeah, I was always at the intersection, as you would say, between like business and creativity. So I did a lot of music, but still I was interested and did a first focus on uh, business in my uh, Abitur, so my grade. And um, so this is where this kicked off. And then um, my path actually went through the music industry uh, to technology. And um, yeah, now I'm doing prototype with my co-founders together. And um, this is actually a point I want to point out here right now at the start, because I'm in the interview, but we are uh, three founders and actually the HR department in depth is something uh, my co-founder is focusing on. Of course, we are talking about the decision we are making, but I don't want to take all the credit for it right now, just to get this clear. And then we can talk from my perspective from here on. That's really generous of you, Ruben. <laughs> so um, can you give us a quick introduction into prototypes? What is your goal? What kind of problems are you trying to solve in your company and why? Mm -hmm. So we found it because of one thing we discovered in the agencies we were working on is that um, agency grows bigger, um, more people get into the agency and then more projects have to be taken on, even though maybe this is not the core focus. And this adds up to once you're doing app development or let's say product design, that if you're doing too many things and not focusing on the one thing you can do best, then um, it just adds up to being big projects with a lot of things to do, but uh, not having the focus on that every task you are doing is adding up to the value of the product. Because adding up to the value of a product most or oftentimes has to be to say, no, we're not doing this. And of course, as an agency saying, no, we're not doing this means, okay, you're not getting money here. So um, this is why we said, okay, we want to found Prototype Berlin to do really work in this iterative process with the clients. Um, once they come to us with their app idea, we want to tell them, okay, these are the key focus elements of your app. Let's do this first. Let's make a really small project first step. 
and then work in steps in an iterative way with your client. So we're doing a first prototype, then put this to your users, having asked them the right questions, then developing this further and further with small steps. And um, so we're coming, all three are coming from uh, agencies where there were uh, a big conceptual phase with a, a very detailed concept. Uh, most of the times people like uh, me who are coming from the UX design and concept were working weeks on a big paper, then sparing this with the client. Okay, now we have the perfect match for our product. Then this comes to the designer. The designer adds all their ideas and all their creativity uh, most of the time. And then it comes to the developers and they are often um, in an overload of tasks um, where design concept and everything just added into a direction which was mostly decision based on gut feeling of first the concept guy then of course the client then some sort of yeah consultant who was with it, uh, within the project and um, it was not shrinked to a very nice first step and then um, working with the with the client or with the users who will actually use the app or the product in the end, and then uh, doing this in an iterative way. Yeah, so we uh, right away got into the thoughts, okay, how can we do this? Because when we started, we were three uh, persons, the founders. So it was me as the concept guy. Um, we had our CTO, let's say technical um, champion, and then we had the uh, design champion. So we were in a really nice um, three point uh, team. And um, of course, we could talk really straight to each other and then adapt everything. But now that we are scaling, getting more and more people, we really have to get our thoughts into this. How can we still make those choices based on saying no in an environment where, of course, there has to be more people paid in the team as it scales bigger? And um, this is something where we are, I think we're good, doing good steps because we're putting a lot of thoughts in it, but it will definitely be more and more in challenge as we are growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was your journey? So um, what was the moment when you have decided that you want to found your own company? Why did you not just go to the next employment? Mm -hmm. And what which steps did you maybe maybe take to get there? For me, this is actually the third time I founded uh, a company within my university. I started MewMate. This was a creative online community where Uh, musicians could get together, hey, I am doing good lyrics, and the other guys saying, hey, I'm doing great beats, and they could meet up and um, start to work as a remote band, let's say. Um, so this was my first startup, uh, even before startup was this big thing. And um, after this, I, I focused on mobile directly because I was one of the first uh, persons probably in Germany, even before the launch, to have the iPhone. Uh, from uh, imported this from America and then uh, me and a friend we went straight into doing concept for mobile devices and um, we founded a two-two team um, let's say concept and consulting agency uh, we worked on this for four years and then we went different path um, and then I went into um, a company where actually we two met And um, I became a UX designer. I haven't uh, really heard about this before, but then they just said, okay, can we call you a UX designer? And I was like, okay, I'm a concept guy, of course you can. And actually I was there for only one year. Um, and within this time, 
I had some some experiences where I, I again saw, okay, I am a self-employed man. I have to work in this. I have to have sense. I have to choose my tasks myself completely. And the um, company couldn't give this to me. I was very lucky to find my co-founders. And then we started right away into the third um, company. Mm -hmm. And which was this moment when you said, okay, it's enough. I need to, I need to yeah, yeah. take my, my next step for myself. Yeah, the moment just uh, was uh, right away when I went into work in the morning. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to go there. And um, I went to the fourth time, I think, to the coffee machine because I had experienced that I was really um, fast and good. And every time I had a concept ready, somebody came and said, okay, you're done. Great. Here is some more work. And uh, <laughs> I... I so this was basically your reward for being fast and efficient, yes. more work. Yes. Congrats. And, yeah. And then actually, I, I know it exactly right in front of the coffee machine. I was like, hey, now I am slowing myself down because today I have one day for the concept. Then I take one day. I don't want to slow down. I, my passion always was to create stuff, to, to be faster than everybody else and to, to do it better and, and have that even, I know I, I'm not reaching this all the time, but I want to live in this in this mood. And um, yeah, at this coffee machine, I found myself just being some sort of zombie who just goes to work, trades his time against mm. um, money, actually. And um, yeah, in this moment and with the opportunities that came up, I was like, okay, there's no other option. Just let's start right away. Mm. So would you see yourself rather being a sprinter than a long distance runner? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I am I am extreme in every sense. I can do Netflix and chill for way more hours than everybody else. And I can work <laughs> for way more hours than everybody else. Everything in the middle is just not, uh, yeah, not my style. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, always 100% yeah. and more. So um, I think this is quite interesting and I guess um, more and more people are thinking about getting self-employed or founding their own agency consultancy. But there's usually this one question um, which probably keeps most of the people of actually doing it is how do I get my first client? Mm. So can you tell us who was your first client and how did you meet them? Yeah, so a client relationship is always highly something of a trust thing so most of our great uh, clients they come from some trust we get or some reference from somebody we were already working with so um i actually looked this up who were our really first clients and uh, not the clients that we have now and we're searching so at first we started to work for agencies we knew so we staffed them and then we found out really fast that we are not working, we don't want to work this way because then somebody else again sells something to a client and we are just the ones who get the to-dos and then work trade time for money. So then um, a fortunate thing came up that again, through a friend of mine, we had a reference to Lesara. This is a, a really big e-commerce startup. Four and a half years ago, they were at the edge of saying, okay, should we have a mobile app or not? And then we came into play and did their mobile app end to end, had this um, eight month in the stores and they had so great numbers on the app that they then started to work on this uh, in-house. 
So we were this speedboat, this highly integrated team who could who was able to do the app within I think three months. It was in the app store uh, with everything, design, concept, and all, and um, then went with them through their testing phase, and then they had a good number where they could say, okay, it's it's uh, it's a good invest to build up an own team. So this actually was the first client which we are now doing. So having this whole idea of, okay, should we go into app? Right now we're doing mobile app and web app. Um, do we have to have an app solution? Will this be a good invest for us? And then we can be this team who can do the app really fast because if you have just new people coming together and doing an app, this can take a long, long time because we are trained to say no to features. Uh, and I think this is then adding up. And then after Lizara, they brought us into Amorelli and then uh, from Amorelli we came into others and so it added up and now we are working with trained startups and uh, founders who are willing to um, invest the time and resources and uh, on the other hand working for uh, companies like uh, DKB and Red Bull, bigger who also want to uh, have a first step into some app-like experiences and uh, have this close and fast team where the value is this speed we can deliver. So if you would give people the advice how to get the first client, mm -hmm. do you, what would you say? Have a really clear offer. This is always the, the first thing. Work on your offer. What are you offering? And um, then see who of the people you know can get you an entry to the people you want to sell this to. Mm -hmm. So um, this always worked best for me. The the really cold calling or stuff never really, really worked out. Um, I, I think we will try this more in the future to, to even more sharpen our offer and then see if this can be more scalable. But uh, at the end it is be really clear in what you offer and then see who can open you a door where you can uh, talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, and and maybe one tip is um, email is okay, but there is nothing compared to a personal talk. So just have a try to get them via phone or uh, in a personal conversation. This is the first thing I always do is that I try to get a first phone call after the mail because there you can talk to somebody and then you can really find out, okay, what are their needs and can we uh, help them? Because just to send email, I think people are getting so many emails. This is not something that is really good impact yeah. in your sales. Well, I guess in, in the end, it's a it's a people's business, and uh, I think it's not just a product that you sell. It's like a project that would evolve over time, and of course, this requires this really deep, trustworthy human connection. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, once when I met you the other day, uh, you told me you consider yourself as the safe haven for burnt out agency kids. So can you explain uh, us a bit more what you mean by that and how did you get there? Actually, this comes through two aspects. One aspect is that we need people who have already had experiences in what we are doing because we are a company that says, okay, we are really fast and really efficient. So somebody who has never done this before is of course somebody where we have to invest and uh, if you invest, then you get slower. And in our small team right now, we 
uh, only want advanced or senior level people. And burned out comes from exactly uh, what we talked earlier is that um, agencies say, okay, hey, this person is done today for the job. He or she has to be here eight hours. There are two hours left. Let's give them more work. And this distracts the person later on to doing the work he or she really has to do. And then you get into this frustration of not being able to do great work, but just to get it done in some ways. And this adds up again to having late night shifts and weekend shifts. And this is something people are willing to do, especially if the company or agency is cool for uh, some sort of time. But um, once they find out that what they're doing actually is what they want to do, and the agency doesn't enable them to do this in a really, really great way, then they get frustrated and then they uh, get into this mood of getting more burned out because in the end, um, the company is just giving tasks to the person and uh, not asking the person, okay, do you think we could do a better job here? So they are not in the um, position of being able to participate in decisions, but more just being some sort of worker um, who has to work. So with those aspects, people come to us because then we can give them freedom and they know what freedom means actually. And um, yeah, we can enable them to do greater work and they will know what this means. And um, like I said, we tried this also with uh, people who don't have this experience yet. And we saw that they don't even understand how, how great this environment here is and how then important it is that we need them to participate because if they then don't do it and we are built up on this correlation with our employees then um, again this is not a good match for both sides in the end yeah i guess there's uh, even one more aspect which is creativity because i think the thing is if you only are allowed to do the work you get paid for and i think agencies do have the problem that they usually need to um, need to state how many hours they work on a certain client because then you need to send the invoices and usually like the, your clients pay per day or per certain hours and I guess this is probably where it's coming from that you have to work eight hours because otherwise the agency cannot um, well state it in an invoice and get the money for it yes. however I think if you want to create really good products um, this requires creativity and creativity you just cannot you just cannot come up like, oh, now it's like uh, five o'clock in the afternoon. I have one hour left. Now I'm going to be creative. It's it's not like that. Sometimes like you just have to leave to go out and maybe it's really going out and have a really wasted night in Berlin. But in this night, you somehow have this thought and you come back to the office the next morning and like you had, you had this really good idea in the evening. And then this is how you move your product further. And I think you just cannot plan that in a nine to five shift somehow so yeah. i guess this is also an aspect which is really really missing and in the end where the product quality uh, really suffers in the end so why do you believe that there's so many people out there in our age we're not that old we're in the mid of our 30s um so why do you believe that there are so many people already being so frustrated in their jobs and lost and also they're finding their next career step or yeah just being unsatisfied in their work or their job that's a good question. Actually, I, th I think that's also a mix of different things, of course. Um, one aspect in our 
time period right now in, in the country we are living in is that what I always think of is that we don't have any touch points with real wars or struggles. So we are the generation who are able to think about all those things. I think um, other generations were not able. So they said, okay, hey, I'm happy to get some jobs, some money. So they will just do this and never thought of, hey, is this um, my passion and everything. So, And I think sometimes people have to think themselves, okay, what makes me happy? And I think it's a reasonable answer for maybe many people to say, okay, work will never give me my passion at the end. So maybe I have to search this somewhere else and then just have to think, okay, but what do I want from my work? And then you have rules um, and then you go for this. So I think on the one hand, we are able to think about all those things. And on the other hand, we have leaders who come from a different time period where they could just, where the employee was happy to work at the company and now this shifts to the company being happy to get great employees. Even though I see this a lot that everybody understands, okay, I have to say that we are there for the employees, but they're not living this way. And they're doing leadership style, which seems to be open for employee particip participation. But in reality, it's just some marketing or it feels like marketing things and i think our generation also has to grow into the leadership positions to get the whole new work ethics and everything really into the core of the companies so um yeah i think it's both sides we are the ones who are now able to ask for it and um many companies are still in the mood of not being asked so they have to change because i don't think we have to change um so you also would say that it's it's also the responsibility of the people being like frustrated and unsatisfied to somehow speak up and ask for it and um be really clear about why are they happy why they're unsatisfied and like ask for those things that would help them change the situation yeah yeah and i think they have to invest in themselves and in, in asking those questions to themselves because I think the your um, your company cannot answer this question for you what you, what truly makes you happy or truly makes you satisfied this is something the employee has to invest in to to know this and then he or she can go to their uh, company and say hey this is what I need if I don't mm -hmm. get it then I have to make different choices yeah. because um, Otherwise, the, the company will just think about something. Hey, then you get some some bike or some more money and then make does it make you happy? So um, you as an employee have to invest yourself. There are methods to find out what really are your strengths and weaknesses. And if you are clear on those topics, then I think you are really uh, able to participate. And Yes, um, I mean, that's completely, I completely, completely agree. Um, but especially with younger people, I sometimes I have the feeling that they expect a lot from their companies. And sometimes I have the feeling it's a little bit companies have become the new school somehow. And somehow like your your bosses are your teachers. And like this is I have the feeling how the younger generation sometimes really behaves. It's a thing you have to go. It's not like something you choose. It's something like as you're somehow forced to go there and then like you're just pissed off with your bosses. Even though some a lot of people just forget, hey, I'm here because I 
choose to be here and it's up to me actually to change my situation especially if you if you're a bit longer in your job and getting comfortable and maybe then your salary is good enough that you just you don't want to you don't want to change your situation i guess it's it's a really important point that you mentioned and that's a good thing in our uh company because we don't have this problem since as i said we are working with seniors and advanced people but um when I'm talking to other um, founders and uh, people who work with more uh, employees, they they say exactly what you are saying, that there is a new generation which is at the edge and where I think they have to realize, they have to invest in their understanding of what makes them happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we also had one episode uh, about the Strength Finder concept, uh, the interview with Dory Schindler. And uh, I think this concept is just one of these examples, uh, how you get just get a bit closer into understanding yourself, understanding maybe your your intrinsic strength, weaker strength, stronger strength. Um, there are also other other tests. So for example, the other day I did the Meyer Briggs 16 personality tests. It was also quite interesting. I mean, they're never 100% right, but I guess it gives you just the majority. Like it, it just kind of an eye opener sometimes to understand yourself better. And it's sometimes, yeah, you, you bring certain strength, a certain personality. And um, why should you torture yourself being in a job or an environment that is just not right for you, yeah. for example? So um, on your website, you say you're looking for people that have more questions than answers, such as how are you? And you believe in people being happy at work. So what does happiness mean for you in that context? From my perspective, definitely, this is uh, understanding of the feeling of going to work every day and wanting to go to work and not standing in front of the door and saying, oh, God, I don't want to go in there today. So, um, of course, with us, we are uh, right now 11 people team. This is different, different aspects than big companies, but... Uh, for us, it's really important that we are all on the same wavelength uh, from a um, humor perspective and from how we talk to each other. We had people who were not fitting as much into the culture, so they and we departed again. And um, so in a small team, this is really, you want to have a conversation that makes fun and everybody wants to talk to everybody, period. This is actually what I think makes people happy that you want to go to work because uh, there is work to do and hey, I want to go there and uh, keep working on this. And um, how we try to keep this stable is actually with two things. This is uh, one thing is structure and participation. So I think uh, an employee needs a good structure where he or she can say, okay, this is what I have to do to get everybody else happy. Then I have my job done, period. And then I can add up. So, and then I can do the participation. This is what I personally choose, what I can add up to this. Because I think there is um, nothing worse than not knowing how to satisfy a different person or the agency. Um, so you really have to know those are my aspects in the whole chain. This is what I have to do great. And then the designer or the next person can work with this and, and make this product great we're working on right now. And then I can participate in saying, hey, maybe this time we should not do a wireframe click dummy, but go straight into design because X, Y, Z. And that um, we have this communication flow in, okay, I know exactly what to do, but maybe 
my job as a UX guy is today not ask. And then I would say, hey, the best job I could do is just not do my job and you take over straight away. So this would be the the fluid way of having structure in one way where you can definitely know what to do, but also being able to change the path every time, every day, if it makes sense for the whole team. Yeah. I guess it's a, it's a really, really great answer. And I see also for myself, I mean, uh, how I how I want to make my employees happy. It's a different context, but uh, I also believe, yeah, structure is really, really, really important. So people do not get lost because work, especially in freedom, and uh, can become really confusing and overwhelming to people, especially if they do not have a, a lot of experience. So as I mentioned before, uh, I also know some of your uh, or our former colleagues uh, that uh, after they left uh, their job back in the times and afterwards they tried out many things, different companies, different agencies. So after yeah, we quit our job and um, I mean, most of them never were truly happy. So they were like jumping from jobs and saw different companies. But then there was this moment when they started to work with prototype And um, since then, I can really see their satisfaction and motivation in terms of work was really increasing significantly and they felt so much better. Um, so I really just heard so many things. Oh, I like to go to work every day. It's much more fun. I feel really like um, comfortable in that work. So what do you do with those people? <laughs> what is your secret weapon to make your employees so happy? Uh, yeah, this is actually really great to hear from you because uh, this perspective that Uh, makes yourself proud actually i think the answer is not there's no clear answer it's a mix of a lot of things that we are doing um but if i have to narrow it down i think it is the way we talk to each other that we are really open of our needs and uh, we have like once a month we sit together with everybody they have a one-on-one -on -one. actually this Again, as I said, is not me, but uh, my co-founder. He's doing a really great job here to really talk to the um, employees and giving them next uh, month goals. So they have the structure of knowing um, what, what really adds to the value of the whole company. So they get a nice task, which adds to the big, big thing. So and um, There's always a talk on how they are feeling if we could improve something so they get the, the, the time to really talk to us and um, to, to, to move things with us. And um, yeah, and maybe one thing that always comes into my mind that we don't have late shifts and we don't have weekend work. I think this uh, in an agency world alone makes people really, really happy. And then they, just like you said, Uh, will think about something on the weekends too because it doesn't the company doesn't tell them to work exactly eight hours a day and then you say okay then you will get exactly eight hours but it's more fluent and um, we have an environment where you can do home office anytime or come later if you say hey there's a package arriving from amazon i will come in two hours later this is always fine everybody has their Uh, week goals um, or deadlines for projects so everybody knows exactly what to do and how when they are doing this is really really free and um, this actually um, I think is a whole set where um, yeah we have good human relationships with everybody and everybody's clear and we can all do great 
work at the end and there is nothing yeah we are not taking on projects that actually are not in our core competence or we try definitely to have minimize this even further because um, come of course from a different perspective but um, then you can really focus on your work and this makes them happy i guess obviously <laughs> still searching for the answer for this why it's working out so good so <laughs> try just be proud Ruben it's okay thanks <laughs> I can see you blushing <laughs> so what are your working routines if you even have any as a company you mean yeah, yeah every Monday morning we as the management level sounds strange but but the project manager and everybody who who runs all the projects and take a look at this it's every monday and every wednesday morning we sit together and talk about all current clients and all current projects then we send out status emails every monday to every client so they know exactly what we did last week what we're doing on right now where we are blocked so we have a clear communication with our clients our routine is to think about um, the project and what we can do better better within the project and for the client every Monday and Wednesday. I think this is a good frequency. Then we have on Wednesday, we have uh, stand up calls with our clients, actually, uh, which are right now into the development sprints. And every day from Monday to Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning, we have a small stand up with the whole team. Everybody says what they did yesterday and what they are doing today. And uh, what they are eating for lunch actually we, we edit this uh, and this is also a, a good thing i think this is some core of prototype that we are always talking about if we eat together and actually i think 80 percent of the time we are eating together so uh, in the morning we already say okay does anybody has to get something so we can uh, have our meal together and um yeah those are the routines to get the communication flow uh, for our clients and within the uh, agency and then everybody is actually free to structure him or herself of course in the dev department we have ticketing systems and all those things you have to have apps and work is getting more complex so we have a to-do organization of course but um yeah those are actually it's a it's again a mix of having more than you think of but being free in when and how to solve your problems we always say there's no timeline, no output. So we always have to have some sort of deadlines for everything. And then within this, uh, you can be really creative in solving your tasks or your problems. What was the first thing you eliminated once you were your own boss? Uh, detailed concept work, actually. Just for the sake of having a concept guy thinking about everything into detail without talking a lot to... Um, devs and designers and project manager and consultant this was something we eliminated right away so the the concept was more a communication between all parties and of course at the end you you um, do some wireframes or some work but it is not that every time we need this big 200 draft concept uh, before we start the job it is more of having the product getting every so the the concept guy was more in charge of getting everybody to the table discussing the right things this was something we eliminated maybe because of the company i came from because they love to do this but um this was actually something we found out that concept is something that comes from everybody sometimes you have to go some steps forward but not the whole thing already. okay 
how do you keep your employees motivated? Well, it's a mix of what we talked already, I think. So there is a monthly talk one on one with everybody. We have monthly team events, and this is from illusion museum to a retro gaming to going bowling. So every month it is, it's totally free to join or not. Um, a lot of people are joining actually. I think I'm the person who, uh, for I'm traveling a lot, is the one who is not there a lot of times. But I, everybody is always very happy to be there. And of course, we're going to eat afterwards and the company takes care of this. So I think this is something that really um, gets the team together once you're getting outside and not only be in the, in the work uh, environment, but also be outside as people getting together. Um, we have hackathon, hackathon events. So um, we try to do this more, but um, since we have so much going on, we are now in a, a two hackathons uh, a year. So this is actually a whole weekend. We start on Friday and come back Sunday uh, night and we are going outside mostly somewhere Brandenburg or uh, to, to a lake or something. We, we rent a house and then work on an own product, just work on new technologies, actually. Um, and this makes fun because then people, again, can uh, work on app ideas and, and just be creative um, with this sense. This, I think, is most of the motivation. And I think, just like I said, the, the I think the highest motivation is the whole package in itself. So with everything I said from weekend work and all that, that this keeps you motivated to stay at our uh, hub of peace, let's say, um, to be there. And um, actually, we we also, of course, we maybe this is a story I can share. Uh, we incentivized um, people for doing a job on the weekend. Uh, so we gave them money because we said, hey, this was great and uh, give them money. And actually, this didn't work out in the way that we thought of because um, after that, they were not doing this as much anymore. And we, we thought about this. Hey, I thought uh, if they get this incentive, they would do this more to get more money or something. But actually, I think this is the time right now that you are not working only for money. And it's not only my only thought to scale the money I get at the end of the month, but it's more of yeah, maybe get a free day or maybe just get a gratification of somebody saying, hey, this was really, really good. Not from, from top to bottom, but on a, on a uh, eye level. And um, yeah, I think we are thinking exactly about those things. Okay, what, what are we doing right? Why is this working good? And uh, we are understanding it a little bit more and more. But I think uh, as we are a young company, fairly young, with four and a half years, we are still uh, now trying to grasp, okay, what is the essence of what we are doing right? Because um, we are uh, at the point that we uh, want to scale up right now. Um, we have done this very slowly because we didn't want to get into the problem that we have to take every project. This was a really clear decision. Uh, but again, we want to think about those steps now before we do the big scaling. And I think this is the good way into, yeah, to create a work environment, which will then be the same with more people. Um, you're, as you said, qu um, still quite a small agency. Do you also think that your working approaches would also work for larger organizations? 
And if yes, how would you adapt them? So, so if you would adapt this, you would have to have a large company which has clear team management. So you have to have small teams where there is maybe an HR person who can really know which people are in these teams and their needs because um, they they are so totally different that uh, one person maybe wants to get a little bit more money and one person just wants to get some sort of more free time. And so you have to talk to them and um, work with them very individually. I see this with, with schools. They try this right now to have like uh, more teachers with less students so they can be individually worked upon. And I think this is it's a hard job, definitely. But I think this is how the, the uh, bigger companies can do this. They have to know exactly not which role is there, but which person is right now sitting in this role and what is her or his needs uh, really. And a little bit, what are their current struggles and how can we maybe uh, help or at least not stay in the way of their uh, struggles? Because um, yeah, this is highly individual. And of course, at some point of time, you cannot, you should not talk to your uh, customer or to your employees uh, too personally, uh, you are not allowed to, of course, but just to, to be in a dialogue very often and then try to see what makes them happy and then try to give it. Or even to say, hey, I know this is what you would need, but we cannot give you this. And sometimes this already sets the stage for, hey, there's somebody being honest to me. And then maybe it's even okay that they cannot give this to mm. me. So uh, if you would then give some leadership advice, what would it be? I mean, you started it off, but what would be your number one leadership advice? Invest in more great HR talents. Yeah, to have this, because then people will come and say, okay, I, ha I feel so at home because there is maybe some HR who's really taking care of my needs. And I think this is the, the, the interface to the, to the employees in a big company is the HR actually. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, how has your own perspective on work changed since you have become a founder and lead? So before you were rather, I mean, you said you founded before, but I mean, you know, both sides of the coin. So you know how being an employee and understanding those needs, but how have those changed yeah, since you, you're the boss? For me personally? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like um, transforming from a zombie into Captain America, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I'm, I'm just, I love to run out and talk about this great team because they are so excellent in what they're doing. And I can just run out and, and exactly tell the client what is, what they are needing and uh, be honest to them and say, okay, this is there. We cannot help, but here, if we're doing this, we will be the best. And um, just having this whole team, um, this really makes me feel like uh, some sort of Captain America. We have this an analogy, yes, uh, in our company of just uh, having this Marvel thing. So, um, and actually, yeah, this was uh, like the Captain America. He, he has not this great superpower, but he is always the first to run into the um, into the war. So, yeah, this is actually what comes up. And now it's just so much fun to go there and to um, fly to different places and talk about our team and yeah um, 
not being this zombie who trades his time against money anymore. I guess this makes you a truly great leader that you're proud of your team. Yeah. Because there are a lot of leads out there just complaining about their teams because they're maybe not not their little mini-me's. And in general, people often tend to think people doing a great job if they're very doing their job in a similar way. And that's why I think a lot of leads are often not satisfied with their team. But it's really, really great to see that you're so super proud of your team. And maybe this is one of the factors why you make your, your employees happy because obviously they can feel that you're proud of them. Now we're back on the teacher situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, and how have you changed as a person? Would you say that you somehow see the world differently since you're responsible for people? Uh, yes, of course, definitely. Uh, it is a different thing of being just self-employed or, or a freelancer, let's say, it, and uh, having people who really maybe are paying for their houses or even have kids at home. And so so to really have this really big tasks of getting jobs into the company uh, every month and every, and uh, since I am the, the, I don't want to say that, but again, since I am the sales guy, um, this actually was a big, big pressure in the beginning to really have this. And I felt a lot that this was only my uh, pressure, but my co-founders are always there and in, in talks with me and they um, gave me the feeling of of being able to run out there and just to to do what I do for myself and that um, I do the decisions and they say to me hey you go out there you sell the project and uh, we know exactly that you will sell it in a way that prototype needs it and um, actually the more I, I am free of not thinking hey there are so many people who have to get paid um, the better job I can do and actually um, yeah I transformed away into or, or actually the more people are now getting on board the more I also see the need of not being uh, the person who runs prototype but being the person who is uh, with my co-founders in charge of creating an environment and a, a let's say machine that is bigger than we are so at some point of time that I can like get hit by a bus and be dead and the whole company will not die um, so this is what we are investing in right now a lot that we have clear processes and structures where we say okay at some point of time you can take Ruben out and put somebody uh, with a profile that is set before within this uh, this role and then um, the machine can keep on running. So making yourself redundant in a way. Definitely, definitely, mm -hmm. totally. Because the more people are there and the, then this adds up to, okay, I have to keep this alive and then the whole thing um, yeah. Yeah, collapses. So what is your advice for people that are unhappy in their current job situation? Yeah, uh, I think we had this really early in our interview. Invest in yourself. There are great methods like this uh, gulp thing. I think I actually heard this from you and I did this uh, meanwhile. So there are so many methods where you can find out a little bit more about your um, skills you have and what makes you happy. And this this will not give you the final answer. Definitely not. But there are uh, nice way paths where you can more and more find out who you are and what makes you happy because um, if you are unhappy you will have to answer this question for you at first what will make you happy to have a hypothesis uh, of then going out and say okay this job will then makes me happy because otherwise you will just trade to a different company and then it's the same thing again 
And um, so invest in yourself and find out what truly motivates you and what makes you happy. And if it's not work, then check on this, then you know, okay, uh, it is not work. It is my hobby X, Y, Z. And then I just have to get so and so much money. And then I have to see how to get this. But what makes you happy as a person um, to then find out how is my work uh, adding to this uh, aspect of making me happy? Now we're getting to the last question I ask everyone in the podcast. So if you had the superpower to change one thing in terms of work or employment, what would you change? In a really global sense. So also, okay. Because um, I have a lot of friends who are not working in, in the tech industry or startup industry or design or something. And uh, what I found out that they have a lot of struggles with their work and they're actually the ones who are taking care of our kids, of uh, our sick people and of our old people. And I think um, those areas are right now not in this phase of being able to think about their work uh, as we do. And I think we have to enable them to also say, okay, hey, I have a great job and I can do the job better than I could ever do it. Because um, if we are missing out on those uh, areas of, of work, um, I think um, this adds up to people being really frustrated. We as a humanity being becoming more and more frustrated and then going maybe into wrong direction and uh, taking the wrong leaders. And so uh, if I would change something that I would say, okay, the um, whole social industry, let's call it or so, or... Um, they uh, get a big chunk of us being able to uh, participate in their new work ethics. Great. This sounds like you have a new project for your next hackathon. <laughs> 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 so now you're the concept guy. I think it's up to you, Ruben. Okay. I'll try. All right. And thank you very much for this interview. Thank you a lot for having me. Thanks.